0: This is the iRacers Lounge Podcast, podcast. your source for everything iRacing, including including race reviews, driver interviews, opinions, discussions, and and much more. more. Here's Your your host, Mike Ellis.
1: Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55 Carlos Fonseca, Kyle Fleischman, and special guest, George Enzaldo. Hey, guys. Good How's it evening. going? Good, good. Thanks for uh, joining us, George. Uh, well, it's so my pleasure. Yeah, so let's uh, get right to it. Uh, when did you start on iRacing and how did you hear about it?
2: Actually I started iRacing uh April 23rd of 2013. Um been a long time sim racing fan. I actually uh old school PC gamer started off uh sim racing with uh, Indy 500 the simulation, the old Papyrus game, IndyCar Racing 1 and 2 and just through the years really IndyCar Racing sims was few and far between. There were some arcade style uh games on some console systems and it just really left left me lacking uh, for some true IndyCar racing. And so late at night, one night, I was just on my computer, and I just happened to punch in IndyCar simulation. And lo and behold, sure enough, iRacing pops up. And I I see it, and it's already been out for a little while. I'm like, how did I miss this? And I was just absolutely blown away. And it was my main goal and my main purpose uh, when I joined iRacing um, to get into indie Car racing because I am such a huge fan of the sport. Yeah, it is interesting how there's no, not very much marketing going on with iRacing.
1: It seems like nobody uh, ever knows about it, you know, until they stumble on it kind of thing. And I think I remember hearing about it for the first time on uh, NASCAR, like Dale Jr. was talking about it or something.
2: You know, I agree. And I think that's one of the things that, um, unfortunately – Motorsports in general seems like a very close-knit group. It's As a whole, I don't feel it's it's very mainstream. Um, but that's one of the things that I also love about it because I found such a really great group of guys that share the same or similar passion for motorsports and auto racing um, that I've been wanting to find for so long. And when I was growing up, I mean, I've been an IndyCar fan since I was a kid. And none of my friends or you know other people that I knew uh, really shared that s- similar interest, um, and I was so happy to actually find, you know, like-minded individuals here on iRacing. Uh, one of the other things too, as far as iRacing in general, people now, you know, there's social media, and everyone is so passionate about sim racing. Um, you see a lot of guys posting, you know, messages of of their wins or pictures of their cars and whatnot. And I've had several coworkers actually think that I was racing Indy cars in real life. And so it just goes to show how realistic the sim is and actually having to tell people, Hey, no, no, it's, it's virtual.
1: <laughs> yeah. They see the picture and they think it's a real indie car, don't they?
2: Yeah.
1: That's pretty cool. Uh, how that works out. All right. Well, how often do you race?
2: Well, I probably get in about eh, maybe about two to three races, um, a week Um, primarily though, my main focus is the Lionheart IndyCar series, our league that we run on Wednesday nights. Um, the league is so competitive that I literally have to practice, you know, pretty much every day, um, leading up to these events, just so I can, you know, compete against some of the guys that we have in the series.
1: Okay, so you run uh, the league on Wednesdays. Uh, are you running other series? Do you normally run or?
2: Yeah, you know, every once in a while, I'll I'll, I'll pop my head into an official fixed uh, IndyCar uh, race. Um, we also have a a side series um, that we run through our league. We run the MX fives uh, on Thursday nights, and we run that uh, combination of uh, ovals, uh, road courses, and uh, road ovals—the road slash oval combination. And every once in a while on Saturdays, I'll run the Kart Retro Series. It's another uh, league. Um, They run the Lotus 79. And just something about the open wheel style of racing has just really captivated me. I I enjoy it so much.
1: Very cool. Uh, Okay, so let's talk about the league a little bit. Uh, I've actually heard of Lionheart. Uh, I think from my knowledge about it is when you guys started earlier in the year, there was a lot of talk about uh, some real IndyCar drivers joining you. Is that correct?
2: Um, well, it's it's more of an overall hope and a goal. Um, you know, the 16th Street obviously has the participation with uh, the real-world IndyCar series. And and that's such an amazing thing. It's something that we would, you know, obviously one day we would love to have a real-world uh, driver come and participate in any one of our sessions. Um, so it's definitely a future goal. Um, We'll see if that ever happens. If not, um, you know, we still have some amazing racing with the the guys that we have.
1: Well, absolutely. So, uh, so it says here it's your fourth season as this uh, league. So, uh, does that mean like years? Like you've been how long has this league been around?
2: Our league has been around for a little over uh, two years. We actually started um, uh, about two and a half years ago now, and our first race we ran at Michigan. And um, yeah. And so we're, we're going strong one, one year, we actually ran two seasons um, in the same calendar year, but uh, yeah, we're actually finishing up our fourth, fourth season um, here in, uh, in the middle part of November. And uh, I just, I couldn't be happier. I mean, we've been, we've been going strong where I've seen, unfortunately, a lot of other leagues have folded. Um, I think part of that is because we we really have a, a great group of guys helping me on the admin side, there's a lot of structure. Um, the members are uh, are participating, and and so yeah, I I like I said, I just couldn't be happier with the with the results and what we've built here. And yeah, officially we started July first of twenty fourteen. Nice,
1: and looking at your members, uh, you got quite a few, four pages of them on the league page. Uh, so what is your participation on Wednesdays?
2: Well, um we have a 40 car uh 40 driver official roster and from the beginning of the season actually pretty much throughout the history of the league we've averaged no fewer than about 30 to 35 cars uh every race. Um certain tracks don't favor some guys, but you know, a- again as a whole like I said, we it's very very seldom that you'll see fewer than 30 cars out every week.
1: You know, that's a great turnout for a league, I tell you. Uh, a lot of these leagues, they start out with really good turnouts and they dwindle down by the end of the season. But, well, if you're still pulling 30-plus cars, that's, that's pretty darn good.
2: Yeah, it's something that we're very, very proud of. You know, obviously, you know, like I was telling Kyle earlier, even in real indie, indie car racing, I mean, other than the Indianapolis 500, you, you're really never going to see a field – that stacked with cars. Um, And it's something also, too, that I think is unique to this league. I mean, really, I think the max in official fix series is probably about 26, maybe 27 cars. Um, And it's something that we've been able to do and and actually do quite well. We've had some pretty good racing here. And I think that really kind of goes back on the mindset of the drivers. Um, I think the guys you know, they, they get it that the races are are longer than official fixed races. You know, we have about two to maybe three pit stops uh, for the majority of our races. Um, and guys, you know, they want to take care of the car. They want to be there at the end. There's there's a lot of uh, things at stake at the end of the season. You know, bragging rights. Uh, there's, there's prizes. There's some trophies. There's all kinds of stuff uh, that are up for grabs. And um, I just have a feeling that, the the general consensus is that the guys kind of feel obligated to one another to do good, you know, to race, race each other clean, give each other some room. Um, certainly though that you, you do have, uh, some very, uh, friendly rivalries, you know, there's, there's some heated battles. Um, it's, it's very competitive racing and I, yeah, I couldn't be happier with this group.
1: So you got a a really nice website, lionheartracingseries.com. And, uh it looks like you're pretty busy. I also saw this PDF where you have all kinds of information, track notes, uh, information about the sponsor, the current roster, the teams and who is on the teams, uh, the standings and the records and so forth, and even history of the series. So, uh, pretty cool that you, you actually track all that. Do you do all that yourself or do you have help or?
2: No, actually, uh, I, we do it, but I have a really amazing group of guys. Like I said, my admin team, uh, gentleman by the name of Patrick Taylor, he he puts together these press kits, and these are actually um, sent over to our broadcasters, uh, Global Sim Racing channel, because we wanted to add a little bit more to the broadcast. We wanted to give the broadcasters more information. We wanted to to document the league because, again, being over two years now, um, we don't want to forget about our past. And we just thought it would add just another element, um, to the broadcast to be able to, to, to pull up this information. Um, we actually have, uh, another admin, his name is Jason Galvin, and he, he does our, uh, post-race stories, which actually get published on iRacing News. So it's another exciting thing. Um, one of our other admins, uh, Pierre, uh, Degla, he, he puts together the stats who then gets transferred over to Patrick. We, we kind of have a well-oiled machine that it, it took a couple seasons to get there, but we've, we finally, you know, we've, we've, we're fired on all cylinders and we're just really, everyone is putting 110% effort to put forth the best product that we can, um, not only for us, but for the drivers in the series.
1: i tell you what, we talked to a lot of leagues here on the podcast and I've never seen one so well-documented. So <laughs> congratulations. Thank you I think so that's much. great uh, that you do that and put together these press kits. Uh, so you do broadcasting uh, as well, and we were watching a video of that a minute ago. But I also see prizes and payouts, uh, 1125 total dollars uh, available. Talk about that, and how? Do, where does that money come from?
2: Well, um, Mike, actually... This is the thing, again, like I say, these guys, I'm telling you, they're some of the best guys you'll ever meet, not only as far as sim racers, but just just people in general. We are so lucky that we actually, along with the admins, had all of our races sponsored by not only the admins, but also the drivers. The drivers literally stepped up and we've had we have a 22 race race. Uh, season that is fully broadcast and that was mainly due in part to our members i mean they stepped up big time for us and so basically what we did is we put a hundred percent of a hundred percent plus the the entry fees from the drivers we put it back back into the in the into the prize pool um so we you know they gave to us and and we give it right back
1: yeah, and you got other awards here like the rookie of the year, driver of the year, cleanest driver award, and so forth.
2: Yeah, you know what? We just we just wanted to mix it up. I mean, again, they, we have some of the the top guys from official fixed racing. Uh for example, um uh, three of our drivers swept the top three divisions in fixed IndyCar this last season. Um, the the league is so competitive, and you know what? We just wanted to add another element to 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 give the guys something else to shoot for. Um, and it, like for example, the cleanest driver—that's something that we wanted to do to kind of help entice, you know, those clean races. And we want to reward the guys who are really putting in the effort, um, and, and working hard all season long.
1: Oh, real nice. Uh, and are the setups fixed or open or?
2: Yeah, the setups are fixed. Um, you know, it's it's something that uh, depending on the track, you know, because we don't always have a default uh, iRacing setup available. We'll actually work together with the members um, and do setup testing where we'll kind of develop the setup together as a whole. Um, and we'll kind of vote on it. Um, we'll pick the set that we feel works best for the uh, weather track combo. Um, and that's pretty much how how it's done. It, on a rare occasions, we'll have a, a a default setup that just works really well, and we'll go with that. Um, and this way, it allows our guys a little bit more time to, to, to practice. Um, now, originally, when we conceived the league, our hope was to have um, somewhat of an intermediate type series where... We would be able to uh, have the use of some in-car tools such as the weight jacker, uh, fuel mapping, and things of that nature. However, the only way currently that we would be able to do that was to have it a completely open setup series. And it's just not something that um, we were you know, interested in doing at the time. Our hope is that one day iRacing will allow us to, uh, t- to use the in-car tools without having to run... Uh, our sessions as uh, an open setup session.
1: Well, you must have been real jealous this last build when us NASCAR boys got the uh, brake bias adjustment on our cars, uh, even on fixed setups. Uh, that's an in-car adjustment. It sounds like, you you know, what, what you're doing with the weight jacker and stuff is very similar. I don't know why they wouldn't do it, you know?
2: Yeah, you know, we actually were lucky enough to get the, the brake bias adjustments as well. And so that... With that going through, my hope is that eventually they they'll be able to open that up. Our other thought also was to be able to have multiple fixed setups. For example, you know how you can have a a multi-class session where you know you add, you know, three or four GT cars and then you, you know, you upload those setups. Well, my question to iRacing is why can't I essentially add, you know, under session creation 3DW12s and three separate Setups, you know, so you could kind of really put a, a interesting mix of um, uh, of setups into the uh, into the races and yeah, you have I a, think like a high downforce, well. a low downforce, yeah. medium downforce, yeah, right. And you know, that's the thing. I mean, I think that the the pinnacle, you know, of IndyCar racing on iRacing is the Open Series. I mean, it's it's really where you have to just have everything dialed in. But you know, and the same same token. So many guys who are getting into it are just, they find difficulty in creating these setups, myself included. And so we wanted to create the series for the fixed driver who who wants to come in and just just use their, their hands and their feet. You know what I mean? And just get the most that they can out of the car without having to worry about the added uh, challenge of creating setups.
1: Yeah, I'm a driver, um, yeah. not an engineer.
2: <laughs> yeah, correct, and and you know, and, and so I think, you know, we 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 kind of we found something with that, and also, I, you know, the fixed side is is extremely popular, um, and I'm happy that we were able to kind of fill that void. Um, actually, when the DW12 first released on iRacing, there were other IndyCar leagues. However, um, I believe really we were the first DW12 IndyCar league on iRacing. Nice, and uh, a question
1: on your the name of your league is uh, Lionheart IndyCar Series. Lionheart that reminds me for some reason of Dan Weldon, the late Dan Weldon. Is is that where the name comes from?
2: Yeah, that's correct. Um, you know, when when we were first putting the league together, we were trying to come up with a name. You know, something that would be you know just memorable and and stand out. And one of the guys. Um, that I was working with when we conceived the league, he actually uh, was a very big Dan Weldon fan and he suggested the name Lionheart. And honestly, we were like, wow, we couldn't have thought of a better idea. You know, let's pay, let's pay tribute to, to Dan, a, uh, a true IndyCar racer and uh, just, you know, just a fantastic person. Um, And so this was our way to kind of, you know, pay that homage and pay that tribute to Dan for, for what he brought to IndyCar racing
1: nice okay so you're on facebook.com backslash lionheart series and then you also have your website which is lionheartracingseries.com so how do people get involved if they want to join you guys
2: yeah you know um we are always looking for drivers Um, basically you can just hop on our website and there is a right at the top of the screen you'll see the contact tab and from there you'll see registration and just click on that Send us an email. There's a couple little questions that we have the guys fill out, and from there we'll, we process those applications. We'll actually send you out a, a driver packet. So if, like you guys have seen the the, uh, the press kit, we actually have a driver's guide as well, and we have a a welcome letter. And you know, we'll get the individual's email, and we'll send all those PDFs to you. And from there, we'll we'll send you an invite through our, our league page. Um our Our roster is currently full. Um, but, however, we do invite everyone to join us for our many practice sessions and our Monday night practice races, so everyone can come in, you know from from straight rookie all the way to alien. You know, we want we want the guys who are interested in IndyCar to come and run with us. and we'll get a chance to know you. get a chance to know the guys, and I'm telling you, anyone who comes into this league is going to have a blast. We have some of the best guys out there, like I've said before. They're very welcoming, very friendly, um, and you're going to have a blast. So when spots do become available, that's what we do. We'll actually pick from those guys who are putting in the time um, and practicing with us, and uh, yeah, we'll essentially kind of call those drivers up when when spots are available. Now, we are um, getting close to the end of our season. So what we do is we'll actually pick drivers from within, within the league before we'll, you know, do any advertising. And honestly, with, with, thanks to, I believe, uh, iRacing Live, the exposure is, is just more and more. And we're actually getting applications on a daily basis. So it's, it's, it's just been great. Um, but yeah, go on the website, send us an email. I'll get all that information out to you and we'll, we'll get you on track with us.
1: Well very good, very good. Uh let's talk a little bit about uh your personal setup. Uh what kind of wheels and pedals do you have and how many monitors?
2: Yeah, right now currently I, I'm running a uh, Thrustmaster T five hundred setup with uh with the default or stock uh thrustmaster pedals. Um I'm running the uh Formula One wheel for it. Uh I, I absolutely love the wheel. Um I originally started with a very basic uh thrustmaster wheel um I guess their most entry level one. And uh, as I progressed a little bit, I just wanted to, you know, step it up somewhat. And, and I found this one and uh, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it quite a lot. The force feedback on it is so much stronger than um, I think your entry level wheels. Uh, I love the fact that it's belt driven. Um, There's a smoothness uh, to the wheel. And then the fact that, you know, you can interchange the wheels. and, And for example, I have this Formula One wheel, which, obviously is uh resembles the the grip and the feel of an open wheel car like the indie car. Um, yeah it's been great. I, I love it. And as far as monitors, I'm actually running uh triples. Um that again that was something that I um upgraded to eventually as I got more involved with iRacing. But currently I'm running three 27 inch monitors. Um, they're great. Uh it, it really is a game changer. So any drivers out there that are looking to you know get better or just improve their overall racecraft. Triple monitors certainly—it's a game changer.
1: So I'm always uh, the FOV police. Uh, you got your FOV set up right on those triples?
2: Um, I—I I think so. You know, I mean, i uh, i, I merged the screen. Um, I feel like when I sit down, um, that the perspective is right. Uh, I couldn't tell you the ab- absolute numbers right now, but you know, actually, I was. Uh, Milwaukee a couple of years ago for the IndyCar race and they had a DW12 out in the open for people to sit in. And I I sat in this thing and and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, "Wow, this really looks exactly like it looks when I'm in the sim." It's it's definitely a testament to the work that iRacing has done um to provide the most realistic racing sim on the planet. Um yeah, so it's it I think my FOV is doing pretty good. <laughs>
1: All right, good. Uh what about third-party software? What do you run while you're racing?
2: You know what? Currently, I I'm not running um any. It's funny, like uh for example our races, I I I'm using pen and paper and I'm, you know, crunching numbers um pre-race and and sharing information with my team, but uh that's something moving forward for 2017 that I want to do. I I know there's several different uh brands out there. I'm kind of talking to the guys, asking them what they use i um, kind of interested in the Z1 software. Uh, but, yeah, I would love to add a fourth monitor um, so I can have that data displayed and start learning how to use telemetry because I think that it certainly would um, well, would help. Uh, definitely. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I love it. I, I, have and more,
1: I have triples, but I also have a fourth, fifth, nice. sixth, seventh monitor where I run third-party software. Uh, oh, I, I think beautiful. it helps.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and hopefully – um, if anyone's out there, I'm looking for a full- time spotter for twenty seventeen. so we'll see. Um, I've had some mixed results with uh with spotters, but I think overall if 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 you get someone you really gel with, uh, it can be an advantage. And that's definitely one of the things um again, like I mentioned with the the competitive level of this league, guys are just they when they get here and they see how things are run and and the racing, guys just go all in and I mean, you really have to put in (laughs) a big effort to, to get up towards the front
1: to be competitive, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So if, if that'll help me one little bit, I certainly, you know, I want to, I want to go to that next level. So I'm definitely looking for some software.
1: So you mentioned a team, are you on a team and uh, tell us about that team and in the league, does everyone, is everyone on a team? How does that work?
2: Just about everyone's on a team. I believe there's maybe one or two guys that, uh, that aren't on teams. I mean, we, we have a team championship and you can follow the points on Dan Lisa there, there, you know, there is a, a small purse for, for the overall team that wins. And we have a maximum of five drivers per team. Uh, the name of the team that I'm on is, is AGR motorsports. Um, I actually on that team with myself, um, one of the other admins, Jason Galvin, and another one of the drivers, his name is Jason Robar. So it's Inzaldo Galvin Robarsch. <laughs> we just kind of kept it simple um, you know, just, just a good group of guys who we work well together. Um, yeah. And, uh, the, the teams are, uh, it also pretty competitive. We've got our, our two strongest teams up there is uh team nailed it. Um, actually, uh, owned by one of the two time champions in our series, Jesse, Jesse Vincent. And, um, and then you have no name racing who, um, contains Joe Hassard. He's also a previous, uh, overall fixed IndyCar champion, uh, Pierre Deglè. he's one of our admins and Jake Wright, um, also, uh, leading the championship. So the, the, teams are, are quite strong. Um, it's, it's been fun. It's added another little bit of, uh, you know, diversity to the series, which, uh, I think everyone enjoys.
1: All right. And then our, <clears throat> our final question, what's your most memorable iRacing moment?
2: You know, that was a tough one, and uh, I, I was thinking about that quite a bit. Um, it's really a toss-up, probably, between my very first win in iRacing, which was in the street stocks and USA Speedway. And, you know, the rookie side for me was just – it was it was tough, you know, how that goes with the, the wrecks and whatnot. But, honestly, I really think was the very first win that I, I got in Lionheart. um was at Iowa a year ago, and I've had already <laughs> – fifty plus starts. It's it's uh it's really tough to get a win in the series. And so when you do get one it 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 really it really means something. Um you know we've had guys like for example John Goak um who's his accolades, you know, you could go on and on about his accomplishments in in the official side of i racing but uh you know when when he says that you know his wins you know, some of his wins are, are more meaningful than things that he's accomplished in the official side. I mean, it, it really, uh, it was very touching and, and really makes me, uh, makes me feel good about what we've put together with the league.
1: Now on your, uh, on your website, the lead story is Jonathan Goke is actually uh, made his last start. What's that all about?
2: Yeah, you know what? Um, he actually is getting deployed. Um, he, he's, he's, he serves in the air force. So we, we definitely thank him for his service. And this is the second season in a row where unfortunately he's, he's had to, uh, you know, he's, he's had to be deployed, but, um, he, he's going to be back next season and hopefully he'll be able to run the entire season out. And honestly, I think he would have given Jake a very good run for his money for the championship. Um, if he was able to put in the entire season's worth of racing.
1: Right. Well, we certainly thank him for his service as well Absolutely. to our country and and uh hope he gets back with you guys soon.
2: Staff Sergeant Goke.
1: <laughs> Very nice. All right. Well, thanks for uh joining us George. Uh we're going to jump into topics now and and uh we'll go through that, all those. Uh Dave Smith, you joined as well. Uh let's jump to the next topic. Peak and a Freeze series uh happened. And our longtime guest, uh, who's been on several times on the podcast, Logan Clampett, wins his first ever Peak Antifreeze Series win. Uh, So congratulations to uh, Logan. And boy, I was surprised about how much coverage this win got. I mean, it was everywhere. It was all over iRacing.com, Facebook, uh, other websites covered the win as well. so I don't know if Logan had a hand in, in the promotion of that, but boy, uh, we we have more uh, websites to look at about his win than we've ever had before. But uh, I guess that's what happens with a first-time winner, and we're coming down at the end of the season. So, But uh, congratulations to Logan. Uh, we know he belongs there, and and he did a great job on that last restart. Uh, holding off some of the best, uh, Ray Alfalo was right behind him, and and uh, he he did a great job.
2: Yeah, that's that's definitely amazing for any of those drivers to make it to that level. Um, it really shows the commitment that they put in into their craft. And I mean, these guys are the best of the best. So being able to score a victory like that is it's quite impressive.
1: Right, and uh, so. The last race of the season is in two weeks, and I believe there's a five-point gap right now uh, between uh, Ray Alfala and P.J. Sergios. So, uh, boy, it can't get much more exciting than that as we go into the championship here. But five points, Ray Alfala leads P.J. by. So... uh, Boy, PJ's going to have to have a good race and 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 finish ahead of uh, Ray by a few spots, not very many, to win it. And so what track
2: are they going to next?
1: Uh, Let's see here. Well, the last one they just won Should was New Hampshire. I'm not sure where the next one is. Should be Homestead, isn't it? Homestead. Yeah, I but think so. Great track.
3: Yeah, that's where they finish it out. Yep, Homestead
2: very nice how how are those how are those drivers um at those tracks? Do they have a, a a history of of being strong there?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, these guys are the best of the best, so, yeah, uh, very true. And you got to remember the winner of the championship, they get all kinds of stuff. They get ten thousand dollars they get uh, to go to the actual homestead race uh, in, for NASCAR at the end of the season and get presented. Uh, You know, one of those big giant checks and they get a a a ring, you know, a special ring for their hand and and to get to meet the NASCAR guys. And it's quite an honor.
4: Yeah, and I I think think they should run a uh, full season, just like uh, us NIS guys do. You know, your 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 top division in NIS, you know, they just get a little certificate that, that says you won a championship. Whoopee. But they do more racing, harder racing, longer than the guys in the Peak Series do.
1: I have to agree with you, Dave. I think it would be a good idea to have them run a 36-week season uh, like we do and make them earn it, right? Exactly. (laughs) Some of those guys might not like that. (laughs) Well, I think it was about a year ago they were talking about redoing how the pro series works and in the peak series and all that. And I was pushing for that. I was like, Hey man, you guys should just use the NIS series as, as the peak series, you know, and this top split is top split. And those guys are the guys that are running for it.
4: Well, I don't like it when it rains, but you get used to it.
1: You got it. Well, uh, congrats to Logan Clampett. And, uh, he did a great job uh, getting that win. We saw him running pretty well this last part of the season. He's had some top tens, top fives, and a uh, great win for him. So, Kyle, what's next? Well, next is, uh, well, we'll t- talk briefly
3: about the Grand Prix Series. They didn't have a race this week, but um, next week they're going to have their season finale. And... um that's going to be taking place, and we're going to find out who's going to who's going to win the whole shebang, who's going to bring home $10,000. Will it be Martin Kroenke, or will it be Gregor Hutu?
1: Yeah, and uh, the point gap, it looks like it's 17 cron- to, to Kroenke. So Martin is looking pretty good. Yeah, they've been running top five with each other all, all season for the
3: most part. So we'll have to see if one or the other can... Uh, stretch out enough spots there to get the points seal that deal
1: I I love this stat here Martin Kroenke average finish 1.8 and Gregor Hutu's 2.8 but man that's pretty darn good that's like finishing first or second every race it sure seems like it or at least in the top 5 alright so that'll be something to watch for as well Uh, That's going to take place, what did you say, October 8th? Yep, October 8th at 2 p.m. Nice. And that'll be at the Circuit of the Americas, uh, Austin. Yep, and that's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. Let's jump to the next topic, Uh, NASCAR iRacing Series. Who wants to go first? Dave, tell us how you did.
4: Well, I was one and done. I showed up, ran fourth, packed up, and left.
1: So not your favorite track, or you just happy with fourth?
4: Oh, no, I love racing at Dover, but I, I wasn't going to overcomplicate things. So, you know, I, I had, you know, my goal has been top fives. And, you know, so I I ran the Wednesday open, and I got my fourth place, I got my points, and... On to the next one. I then I decided to just kinda uh be lazy this week and not do a whole bunch of racing. So I did some uh truck racing early in the week and then I went to Dover and, and got got my race in and took the rest of the
1: week off. And you've had computer problems too, right?
4: Uh yeah, I I had some computer issues with it overheating, but uh luckily it didn't affect uh my racing at all. But I got everything sorted out. Found out that my uh, water cooler failed me, and my computer was running around 90C at idle.
1: Man, that's hot.
4: Yeah, we got her all fixed up, though. We're we're ready to go.
1: So, let me ask you, when you got that fourth place, did you start from the pit like you usually do? Yes, sir. Well, did you go down a lap uh, early, or...?
4: no i was never never a lap down
1: nice well good run
4: thank you
1: kyle how about you how was your uh, week
3: <laughs> you pretty much know how my week went <laughs> uh it was the i ran here in the spring and i i fell in love with the place i love this track but i ran well had had potential for some wins in the spring and just came just spots short um Ran the Wednesday open race, got door slammed into the wall, blew my motor, finished 28th. Uh, ran the fixed race on Thursday, same thing, door slammed uh, while I was on the inside of a guy. He came off the wall and took me out on the back stretch, finished 20th. Ran the open again, um, Friday, I believe it was, and got door slammed again into the inside wall on the back stretch. Finished 12th in that one because of attrition. And then came the best race of the week last night. I decided I'd start on pit road, uh, for the fixed series as I did Friday for the open and, um, (laughs) caught speeding, trying to leave pit road on the initial start. So I had to come back in, serve a 15 second penalty and, uh, went four laps down at that point. Um, came out just before the first caution of the race got door slammed on the back stretch took six minutes and six seconds of optional repair so i just decided to milk the repairs out through the race and um finally finished it up and got on the lead lap through lucky dogs and and wave around and everything on lap 129 and ended up finishing fourth i restarted on at second place on the last restart was about four to go i believe it was but i burned up that right front tire trying to keep third place behind me so i'm happy with a fourth place finish
2: nice dover's a great track we actually lionheart ran dover last week (laughs) pretty wild yeah
1: yeah i mean kyle you've had some bad luck this week it seemed like every race except for sunday you had blown motor like within the first five laps or something
3: yeah, it's just unfortunate. It's it's what happens, you know. And Talladega came out, and I lost my brake pedal on my sim pedals there, and had to take them out of service. Going back to the G twenty seven pedals, it's just I just struggle with them. Um, you know, with the sim pedals, you have them. Um, Dave has his own set that he built himself, but they're hydraulic brake, and it's just nothing like using the G twenty seven pedals. So I struggle with braking. Um, I'm starting to get the hang of it now, but it's just not that real feel. And ever since Talladega, I've been in a downward spiral, i-rating wise, and I'm down here in these lower sixteen, seventeen hundred i-rating splits, and I'm just getting chewed up and eaten.
1: Nice. Well, that was a heck of a run last night, where you got a for the fourth. Yeah, fourth place. Yeah. And it, it was really exciting and uh I appreciate you uh joining me there at the
3: end and keeping the head
1: cool. Yeah, I mean you were in position to win there. You were second on that last restart and uh but it didn't work out, but hey, still a good run. Yep, definitely.
4: Sounds All like right. main performance needs to get off the pot and get,
1: get your that pedals stuff back, fixed. yeah. You got it, pal. Alright, I'll go next. Uh it was a good week for me. Uh Wednesday p5 i mean a a top five for me in this series and the split i'm in that's like a win but uh there were some connection issues or server issues that night there were many that got disconnected but i wasn't one of them uh the first green flag stop i cooked it into pit road uh the red car in front of me seemed to be kind of going slow (laughs) coming in so i kind of was going to go around him as I, you know, and be real smart ass about it and just kind of pass him going into pit road. And boom, you know, I got to the entry and completely missed it. So that lap time ended up being like 40 se- uh, 46 seconds. I had to come back around and pit. And this was under green. But somehow, some way, the cautions fell just right for me. And I got back on the lead lap and finished P5. So quite uh, quite, a, uh, quite, quite a race for me. That puts me 12. That's my 12th top five this year to go with my two wins, uh, and I'm now 53rd in points overall and 40th in Division One. So,
2: not bad.
1: Uh, Thursday, I had a great top 10 going until some guy turned left in the middle of the straightaway and took me out. It turns out he uh, his screen went black or something. He had a hardware problem, and so I didn't really blame him for that. But I still finished uh, 13th. Uh, he did PM me and apologize about that, and I appreciate that. Uh, Friday, not a great race. Uh, I spun off a couple times on my own. P seventeen. Uh, Saturday, I made top split, uh, both uh, Brad Miller and I, uh, and I wrecked by myself twice again, just being loose on the late exit. I actually brought out two cautions, including the first one, which I hate to do, but I finished twenty first. That would be the worst for the week. And then last night, uh, for some reason, I ran top 10 all night i just had a great race and i finished seventh so uh it was a good week i liked it uh, i'm ready for charlotte i understand that drop weeks are going to start counting after charlotte so hopefully i will move up in the points after those drop weeks uh, kick in so well, it's good to see you
3: finally get a uh, comfortable week where
1: you're actually comfortable on a track and able to just kind of ride well, yeah, you know, the last like four or five weeks I've just struggled, it seems like. So yeah, I'm happy. Carlos, how did you do? I
0: don't know, I wasn't supposed to race this week, but I did. <laughs> Open only. I didn't do no fakes. And <laughs> finished seventh in both. One was uh Thomas plate in the middle of the day, seventh and it was well, that's a, a lot. good run. It was a lot like the Real Cup race, only six cars on the lead lap. So I was the first one one lap down. Well, top splits,
1: top 10, that's that's pretty darn good.
0: Yeah, it was a low SOF top split, but still, you know, the setup I had was great. It was just one I had from last time. It wasn't, it was similar to the one you guys ran, but not the same. And if I could have gotten that thing turning, I probably would have been one of the cars on the lead lap. That's really the only reason. It's just being slower than them. You know, it wasn't slow. It just wasn't as quick as they were right so two sevenths. sevens i'll take
1: it yeah so i think we were all running different sets i ran uh brad wren's uh hot set from the spring race and it worked out pretty good for me but you ran something different
0: it was funny because both opens that i did were almost identical in weather and so i ran the same one that i ran on wednesday or thursday actually
4: i ran my fall setup from last year
1: and that worked okay
4: uh, yeah, I just had to make a, uh, a couple tweaks to it in practice but uh, for the most part it, it was spot on it. It drove just like it did last year and it, it was it was a good set
0: I' was actually thinking about it Thursday afternoon I ran a, one of, some set from last year or whatever one of the Brad ran ones that we had. It was a Friday nights where I changed things up and ran one I've been working on that was kind of miserable. You know, you didn't want to touch it in anything over 95 or something like that. It's just so loose and so bad, but yeah, I don't know. It still ended up getting real tight on you know, that race anyway.
4: Oh, right. man. My setup was awesome. It uh, it started out tight, but after you got 10-15 laps on it, the thing came alive and it, it just go where, where you wanted to put it. And uh, I'd be able to make up spots over, I mean, we had a couple, uh, I'd say medium runs, and I was able to pick up spots every time.
0: Yeah, I don't know, Just I said there was one thing I did, I don't know what I did to it in the middle of the race, but it got so loose, I think it was just something to do with staying out, it was only like eight or nine laps on the tires, but... I stayed out and just kept going back and back. And there was no yellow from, I think, lap 60 to lap 200. So it was like 140 lap run.
1: So let's talk real quick about dynamic track and rubbering in and marbles. Did you guys find additional grooves at Dover? Or was it just always stick to the bottom? Uh, what did you guys think?
4: Well, myself personally, I was running uh, for the first, I don't know say 10 laps of a run you know I, I was running that bottom groove, but uh, there was a couple times where I would actually move up to where I would let the car kind of slide out on uh, on entry to where it went up to the middle or even top groove I right? turn it and then I'd turn it back down the track and I just put it to the floor. I mean I was full throttle from from middle off doing that and I was able to get such a good run down the straightaways that i could uh i could catch up to the guy i was chasing and then when i i got to him i could just turn down below him and i was able
1: to pass him yeah there yeah, was like i've no... seen a lot of people doing that diamonding thing and i was yeah. talking to kyle about that last night and neither him or i can figure out how to do that if i float up in the middle i can't get the car to cut back down
0: Oh, yeah, mine was, like, all accidental running, that kind of line, just because it wouldn't turn, it drifted up, and then you have to change your strategy mid-corner and come back down like Dave was doing.
1: Brakes, brakes, brakes. To go fast, use your brakes. Now, are you dragging brakes through the corner?
4: No. No, but if you don't use your brakes right, you know, when you're going down into a corner, if you don't, first of all, you've got to have the setup to do it. To where when you get on the brakes, the car does what you want it to. So when you're going down in the corner and you get on the brakes, it sets the front end of that car. So you, your front end geometry's got to be right. You now you can't have a car that's going to bottom out when you, when you're getting on the brakes going down in the corner. But when you're going down in the corner and you, and you get on your brakes and the car takes a set, you know you're able to do that kind of stuff. You know it's it's one of the things that. I've told my brother Kyle, you know, numerous times, you know, as absurd as it may sound to use your brakes and you'll go faster. I mean, that's just the way this car is. This new package on this car is it's got less downforce. So it's going faster in the straightaways, but it doesn't have the downforce to to make the corner. So you got to get the car set up and use your brakes. To get the car to, you know, to turn, you know, like I think it was uh, Auto Club, you know, early in the year where you you went there and everybody was complaining it was tight. You know, the car drove like junk. But if you used your brakes and got the car set right getting into the corner, you, you got around there no problem.
1: Yeah, you can't drive it like you did last year, right? I don't know.
4: Right, where you just I'll lift off and roll through the corner and then just put you know, it back to the floor.
0: The auto Do go, go on.
4: I'm happy that you actually have to use your brakes when you get down to the end of the straightaway to make the car turn. You know, that just makes uh makes it more in the driver's hands. You know, it's not just, uh you know, even like in a, in a fixed setup, you know, Instead of just going down to the into the corner and you just let off the gas and and you coast you know close through the corner without using any brake, you know there's actually some skill involved now and I think you know that that helps uh you know make the competition a little bit better because you uh you got better racing when you've got a, uh, different ways of doing things right i mean if there's only one way of going down in the corner and everybody's doing it. Well, then, how competitive is that going to be, or how good is the racing going to be? And I think maybe that's one of the reasons why the racing has been so good this year, is because of a lower downforce package, and it offers different ways to drive the car than it, in years past. Well said.
1: So, George, how how you guys just went to Dover in the IndyCar. Did yeah, you guys find did. additional lines, or...?
2: You know what? Um, yes. Obviously, you know, like you guys were saying, the 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 low line, um, you know, was king. But we found that uh, towards the middle of our our run, you know, the the tires we we were getting some considerable wear, and the push got real. So some guys were working the the middle to 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 high groove, um, and we had some good uh green flag runs. Um, however, being that tight, that many cars. Uh, we did have some incidents and kind of going back to what you were saying, as far as like connection issues, I think three, three of our cautions were caused due to net code. Um, and it's just one of those unfortunate things. I don't know if it was something, you know, with this track in particular with that many cars, uh, but certainly it was something we experienced, but yeah, for the most part, the guys were running the uh, the low to kind of mid, mid groove there throughout the, you know, the, the green flag runs. Nice.
1: All right, let's move on. Kyle, what's up next?
3: Well, next would be the patch that was released, actually, uh, this past Thursday. iRacing took down the site to release uh, Season 4, Patch 3. And uh, basically all that was in this one was um, road car uh, changes. They did change a misspelling in the... um, in the NASCAR side on all three trucks. But the other things were um, like the pit limiter for the auto quattro, Audi Quattro for the accuracy and everything.
1: Just minor little changes. Really nothing to speak of, but I'm no. kind of surprised by the lack of release notes. I mean, it seems like real minor stuff that they, they fixed. Yeah, it almost seems like something that they probably could have held off till
3: you know a bigger release. Right.
2: Actually the uh the, the tire wear we're feeling a little bit more on the IndyCar side. Um we've been noticing too as we're testing for for Laguna Seca our upcoming race. It uh, it seems that the tire wear is a little bit more, you know, significant than than in the past few builds. Interesting. Yeah. So within a few laps we're down to about 90%, whereas before um you could go 10, 12 you know, laps, 13 laps, and you're around, you know, 95% uh, tire wear. So car gets All a little right. bit more slippery as <laughs> as you get down to the end of your run.
1: Nice. All right, so next up uh, on the topics, I think it was the most popular thing this last week uh, that iRacing posted, but they posted up a picture of a sprint car at Eldora Speedway, and the Internet blew up. Everyone is excited about this, I tell you. Uh, you Over 3.4 3,400 likes on that Facebook post.
2: I think it's something that a lot of people have been excited about for a long time. They want the dirt. Oh, man. And looking at
1: the picture and looking at the dirt itself, I'm amazed that you can see like the the tire tracks in the dirt and you can see where the, the, the treaded tire is leaving those tracks like you would expect, you know, like in mud or dirt, but boy, it's exciting.
2: It is. And, you know, just kind of, again, going back to the, the open wheel side of things. I mean, that, that style of racing is where a lot of the guys like Andretti, Foyt, you know, those guys, they, they started off in, in, in those, those forms of racing and eventually, you know, made their way up. But, um, yeah, I, myself included. I, I'm very excited. I definitely want to try my hand at it. Um, it, it certainly is going to be a uh, interesting challenge.
1: So, you ever going to run the indie cars at Eldora? <laughs> Ooh, could be we'll, fun. We,
2: we could try. I don't know if we'll with the
1: we'll slick have... tires. And boy, yeah. man? <laughs> that would be a blast. We got to try it. It uh, might
2: turn uh, into a demo derby, but uh, well, hey, we got to try not?
1: every car on the dirt. <laughs> right, I'm sure. Right. Right.
4: Honestly, it wouldn't be too bad if you think about it. If you just take and dial out some of that rear wing and dial in the the front wing, you'll be able to... Pin down the front, that, right? Possibly. Yeah, pin <laughs> down the front. You'll be able to get that rear end to slide around.
2: Maybe we'll make that our all-star race for the season. <laughs> That's a <Nice>. great idea.
1: <laughs> well, they talked a little bit uh, in the commentary with the pitcher about the track will constantly change and react based on the cars uh not yet visible but almost ready will be the accumulation of loose dirt and a cushion so i know if, if you're not familiar with dirt racing a of times the dirt builds up against the wall and develops what's called a cushion and a lot of people run up there uh, towards the end of the race because there's more grip
2: well you know mike um something that we have been seeing like you said with the uh the accumulation is you know again we're practicing for for Laguna Seca and so you've got guys at the top of the hill they're they're spinning and the whole track is surrounded by dirt and sand and so some sections of the track you can literally see that yellow sand just building up and as guys are driving through it you see that sand starting to dissipate a little bit and you see the groove kind of coming back in um it's it's really neat what they're doing
1: yeah it's really coming together good
2: yeah all right, Kyle. What's next?
3: Sorry, I had to cough there. Uh, next is the uh, iRacing meetup at Atlanta.
1: Yeah, the iRacing posted a picture. A bunch of iRacers got together at Road at the real Road Atlanta race this last week. Uh, IMSA, I believe, was there, or was it the Mazda? Uh, but that guy, Glenn McGee, who's the Mazda driver, he was there as well. And looks like they had about a dozen, 15 people or so.
2: Yep. Very cool.
1: So I've always tried to get involved with meetups and I never can get anybody to show up. I did a meetup with the West club once and only one other guy was there besides me. So
2: this, this year we actually had about nine guys from our league meet up um, for the Iowa IndyCar race. And it was a blast. It's great, you know, getting to meet some of these guys face-to-face that, you know, you're, you're racing with and, and talking to day in, day out. Um, but that was a lot of fun. Nice. Okay. Next up was
1: a video iRacing put out, uh, with Will Vincent, uh, who's the announcer at Race Spot. He does a and a with, uh, senior animator David, uh, and, uh, it's just a, one of those short little funny videos, uh, you know, 25 seconds or something. And uh, yeah, what do you guys think of that? Did you see it? I didn't even watch it, to be honest with you. I wasn't really impressed. I mean, they've they've done these videos before and they've been kind of funny. This one didn't even make me laugh. But uh, I've anyway. seen one of the
2: other ones that he did in the past them.
1: I think that one where they, they uh the guy walked through the lobby and he picked up the plant that was sitting in the corner so he yes. could get to the dirt, that was pretty funny. Yeah. All right, Kyle, what you got next? Next up
3: is a uh actually a really really good article by uh Commodore's garage number nine talking about bump springs and uh
1: lays it out on um uh, how they work. Yeah, we talked about this last week. They're doing a whole series uh, of how to do setups and stuff. And, boy, if you're wanting to learn, this is some good reading, I tell you what. I mean, it's detailed. I started reading some of it, and it's a little bit over my head, you know, because I'm not really a setup guy. But if you're wanting to learn about setups, this is a great place to start. It's uh, iRacing.com, and uh, look around there for the articles, and you'll find it. I know Dave plays with those bumps a lot. Maybe... um, I don't know if you've read that yet, but you might want to look into that. All right. Next up is uh, iRacing employee David Tucker uh, was commenting on some netcode problems that people were putting in the forum. Uh, People were kind of complaining about, there's too much netcode, you know, and And he actually took a moment to write down kind of how it works. And I'm just going to read an excerpt of that because I thought it was interesting uh, and kind of gives you an idea about what this netcode thing is all about. So I'm going to read it here. It works like this. There are three parts to the race, the sim running on your computer, the sim running on their computer, the other driver and the server. The server is just a bookkeeper. It does not run the physics or it just runs minimal physics. The job is to listen for position updates from all the clients. Pack them up and transmit them out to everyone in the most efficient manner. The physics run on both your computer and your competitor's computer. He has the master copy of his car, you have the master copy of your car. He is running prediction code trying to guess where your car is based on stale position data. You're running prediction code trying to guess where his car is based on stale prediction data. So basically, there are two copies of his car and two copies of your car. And there's no way for us to show you all four cars at once. So we just pick the best copy, your local car and his local car, and that is that. Huh. So he's talking about latency and, and they're trying to figure out and extrapolate where the car is going to be even though they don't know where because there's the latency you know latency could be up to a half second and so i-racing has to tell the competitors where your car is so it kind of has to guess based on the direction of travel you were going the speed you were going the grip level that you have at that moment and all those other things it tries to figure that out and kind of put that car in
2: the right spot if that makes sense
3: Hmm.
2: And I'm sure it has to work even harder when you have 30 plus cars on track. Well,
1: exactly. He just, yeah. you know, broke it down to two drivers. But yeah, when you put 30 or 40, it, it just multiplies it uh as much. In fact, he says right here, this gets messier when you have 30 cars running in a pack. Now you don't just have two copies of each car, but 30 of each car. So 900 copies, which is 30 times 30, each doing a slightly different thing, or almost 4,000 cars in a maxed-out server.
2: Yeah, it's one of the unfortunate things to iRacing that I guess, you know, I'm not sure if there's a uh, a fix anywhere in the near future. Well, uh, and it that's what definitely, he, he kind
1: of I mean, went on to say is, it is what it is, and it's not going to get any better. You know, they they they're doing everything they can.
2: I think I heard somewhere that someone was talking with a real world driver who was, you know, trying iRacing racing, and they asked, you know, what what's the difference, what's the similarities, and the 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 subject of the net code came up, and one of them was that in in the real world you can actually get closer to the car, you know, than in the in in the sim because of you know things such as net code.
1: All right, Kyle, uh, I think final topic, what do you got?
2: Well, the final
3: topic is actually a listener comment asking us for some feedback, so I'll read it off here to you. It says, "Uh, I love your show slash podcast. I consider it the only podcast currently running for iRacing that is listenable. I commend your efforts, and I love that you made it a weekly show. As a newer iRacing subscriber, I find there are several times that i found myself at a point where I'm unsure of what my next move should be. I am currently at one of those crossroads, and it led me to thinking about how it could be beneficial to work in some stuff from your listeners that are still early on in their path through iRacing. My current situation lands me in arriving at a C license with roughly a 1450 iRating. I've made my way through Rookies and continue to race street stocks while also running the K&N National Series. I've enjoyed it, and aside from the roller coaster of gaining IR only to lose it because of an inescapable accident in front of me that ruins a race, I'm having a blast. So now that I've breached C, i have reached ci have a few more options available. I'd say for the most part I'm looking at Truck Fixed, C Cup Fixed, or Indy Oval. The C level brings out an interesting spin of having Caution's Impossible or maybe necessary in some cases like C-cup, pit stops. I can honestly say that it's intimidating making this jump with having that hard-earned I-rating on the line. Right now, I'm typically in second-ish split in National Series, and I'm very thankful to have achieved the I-rating to get me there and away from the majority of the crazies. I realize you've been around for a while, but I'd be interested to hear you and your teammates' opinions on my next move. Do I dive in and go for it, realizing that it will be a learning process? I assume going with C truck fixed is likely the best route because the races are still short enough that a green flag pit stop is not needed. What should should a goal be for IR going into the next step? Thanks for taking the time to read this. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I realize this is all searchable on the forums, but sometimes it's nice to hear responses from someone that can relate to it as being a real person as opposed to just a name on the screen. So that was sent in by uh, Scotty Rineshield. I per- apologize if I got your last name there wrong. But
1: what do you think, guys? What kind of advice can we give for him? Well, I'm glad George is here so he can give us the yeah. IndyCar story. George, why don't you start first? What do you? What would you tell this guy?
2: Well, you know what? IndyCar can definitely be uh, quite challenging. And on the official fix side of things, it can get a little hairy. What I would suggest to him is, Hey, come and try out our league. He can actually practice with a bunch of very good drivers, um, without the fear of, of losing I rating and maybe get himself very comfortable, um, to where he'd be ready to compete, um, in the official side of things. Um, the other thing I would tell him is that, Hey, you know what? Don't stress out too much about the I rating, you know, practice, practice more on the racecraft. get comfortable with the car, uh, Join some of the hosted sessions that guys are putting up, um, and just and just go for it. you know, I mean, racing is racing. There's gonna be things like he says that are inevitable that are out of your control. There's always that unknown element, but I wouldn't focus so much on the i rating. Just just go out there and try to have a clean race. You know, be prepared for pit stops. You know, yes, the official side has your slew of cautions, but you're gonna get that one where you're going to have that green flag run. And if you've been practicing those quick pit entries, you might just put yourself in a position to win some races.
1: Absolutely. So Dave, what about the NASCAR side if he went that way?
4: Well, one of the uh, the big takeaways that I always try to drive home is seat time. Seat time, seat time, seat time. Okay. The more you drive, the more you're going to get comfortable uh the the better you're going to do so as far as the, the i rating side of things uh the way i always look at it when i'm in a race i look at my car number i see my car number is a 17 okay i want to finish better than my car number it, it doesn't for me it doesn't matter you know if it's you know 10th 15th you know as long as it's not worse than 17 you know that, that's my first goal getting into a race but you, you got to be comfortable. You know, uh, hosted sessions can uh, be your friend in some aspects. Now, the the racing and hosted sessions can be a little bit uh, crazier because, you know, you don't got uh, safety rating and eye rating counting. But one thing that you can take from a hosted session is seat time and driving around. Uh, other drivers the other thing that you can do is get into the open practice sessions you get into the open practice sessions you you're going to be on track with other drivers and you can take and uh, you can do things like watch other drivers live when they're making their laps and you can take in uh, like go in the the cockpit view and you can watch their line and, and how they're getting around the, the track but uh you know, it, it goes back to seat time. The more seat time you get, the uh, the more comfortable you'll be. And, you know, the the I rating will... I, I used to be petrified of, you know, losing I rating. But I've gotten to the point where I just don't care. You know, if I'm not having fun, what's the point? So your I rating, it's going to fluctuate. It's going to go up and down. Your I rating is not the the almighty uh number that says you're a bad driver or not you know don't worry about it go have fun and you know just
1: get laps nice kyle or Carlos, do you have any more input there
3: i'll put a little in um now as many of the listeners know dave's actually my brother he's got about two years on me on i-racing and I think I've had it drilled into my brain more times than I care to realize that I've heard that seat time thing over the course of the last four years more than probably anybody. Um, And he's right. All you got to do is just log laps. That's it. Um, As far as the car number, yeah, I agree with that. But I mean, if you join a race and you're car number one, that doesn't mean you have to be number one at the end of that race. The main key is to ride clean. And you'll gain a lot more respect that way. You know, if you got a guy that comes up behind you and he's obviously quicker, move it, move it to the side, let him by, you know, Hey, take me on the low or take me on the high on the radio and he'll pass you and you'll gain the respect of him. And you never know that guy might give you a setup at the end of the race. You know, um, you join these open practices, like Dave was saying, a lot of the guys are there to, they'll help you. You know, there's, you're going to run into your typical characters that don't want to help you out. But, uh, for the most part, if you, uh, if you jump in those sessions, uh, you can get a lot of feedback. Um, there's a, If you run an oval, there's a setup, I uh, can't remember what that thing's called right now off the top of my head, but there's a setup guide out there that'll help you uh, with some of the tweaks and stuff you can do with the car. But for the most part, the, the I rating, yeah, it's nice because it bumps you up into the splits and all that stuff. But me personally, I don't worry as much about that as I do about having fun. I mean, that's my main goal. I know when I first joined the service, it was, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I got to win, you know. And um, after listening to the seat time preach over and over again, I realized that it's a little bit more fun when you sit there and you run back there in like 20th place. Like I do now in iRacing, I start from pit road and I, I just grind it out. And like last night, I finished in fourth place. Why? Because I just sat there with my 2X in it. And I rode out the race and let faster cars buy me. And at the end of the race, I was in fourth place. So if if I had any uh, advice to give, I would just say log the laps, be clean, let faster guys buy, and most of all, just have fun. Carlos,
1: you have anything else?
0: Uh, let's see. Going back to that topic of, of the C-Fix trucks that you was kind of talking about. I don't know. If you can find a way to bypass that series, do it. But if not, if you're going to enter them, that's actually no a really way. good way. That's actually a really good way to learn uh wreck avoidance.
4: Yeah, I mean, no, I, I ran sorry, a lot
3: those of... i
0: sorry, trucks are fun. Yeah, they're I fun ran until C. you get wrecked every freaking race.
4: <laughs> it,
3: it's you're, you're right, Carlos, in a, in a way. I ran C-Fixed for the first two years there, and I had a lot of fun, but it was also really frustrating because you got the guys down there that that's where they stay because... They wreck all the time, so they they don't ever get their license up to be able to run the other cars. But it all goes back to patience and riding clean, wreck avoidance, uh, like you said.
0: Yeah, that was just my bad experience. I had every single race. But, you know, I was, when I was coming up through everything, there was no fixed series. It was just open. And I don't know, it was really fun back then. I'll jump in
1: here. So if you want to go to the NASCAR side, what I did was I got to the C trucks, and I I just ran it long enough to get to the A license. And I completely bypassed the B car. I didn't even buy the B car until several, you know, a couple of years into into my iRacing account. I, as I worked my way up, my goal was always the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series. So... No. I was just trying to get to that A license so I could run that
0: series. Oh, you missed out on the best version of the B car.
1: Yeah. So I just skipped the B. I, you know, I I just skipped it. I did use the C as my okay. I'm going to sit here and and drive safe and gain that safety rating and fast track myself up to A. And then once I was in A, I ran A. I've been running A car ever since. So I, I, I don't really run trucks or anything else anymore. I just run the A car and and if that's where you want to be, that's a good way of doing it. You know, it's just get your safety rating up. And what that means is don't worry about your IRA or don't worry about where you finish. Just worry about running clean and not having any, you know, incidents. And that will get you the A license. And then once you get into the car you want to be in, then you can start working on I rating and finishes and that kind of thing. But uh, you got to get there first, so that's that's my uh, my thing.
2: Yeah, you definitely have to make it to the end, right? In order to win, <laughs> you got to be there.
1: You got to finish before yeah. you can win, right? Yeah,
2: that's right.
4: Well, that's why you know racing those trucks is almost a necessary evil. You know, if you can make it to the end of a truck race, well, and you know that that's a, a good experience. I mean, yeah, you're going to have bad experiences racing those trucks, but you know, at the end of the day, those things are fun, and, you know, you can get a lot of uh, confidence getting into those trucks and be able to, you know, wheel them, and and get up there and be, you know, racing in the top three and fighting for a win, you know, yeah, you might get wrecked out running third, but, you know, you you get confidence, you know, being able to be up there and run, and yeah. I think Carlos said something about wreck avoidance, and yeah, you'll you'll get your your wreck avoidance practice. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, if if you're here to have fun, you know, lo- those trucks are a good way to go.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think when I came up, I learned a lot of my you know racing craft and as you would speak in that truck series before I even got to the A car. You know, you learn about the tracks you. You get familiar with the schedules and whatnot and then you move on. So all right. Well let's jump into final thoughts. Uh Kyle, you're up first.
3: Charlotte's next and we're ready. Well, uh, we had a good run in there at the Coke six hundred. I can't wait for it. Put this horrible week ahead behind me and uh look forward to the future. Um we got the world cup coming up here in a couple of weeks. So just wanted to put a quick note out there next week. We're going to have a guest on that's going to talk about this world cup. The, uh, the participation for it's been going down quite a bit over the, since they put it out. It's just every year it kind of goes down a little bit and a little bit. And so we're going to have a guest on next week and try to, uh, clear up some, uh, information on it. And, uh, hopefully more people will understand what it's all about and race for your club. And, uh, see you next
1: week nice dave smith what do you got
4: well i'm I'm ready to go to charlotte and uh i plan on taking my chicago set there i think that'll transfer over quite well and if it does uh good luck to everybody i see this week
1: nice george and zaldo thanks for joining us what's your final thoughts
2: well, my final thoughts is, well, certainly I want to thank you all for having me on your show. I, I really appreciate it. Um, and basically just uh, just want to say, hey, anyone interested in running some IndyCar, give us a, give us a look up on our website uh, and come check us out uh, and watch us on, on Wednesday nights at 950 Central. I, I th- think you guys will have a blast. Uh, it's some pretty exciting, fun racing. And um, yeah, thanks again.
1: Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Carlos, final thoughts.
0: What were we saying about Trick Charlotte?
1: <laughs> That's next.
0: Yeah, um, I was supposed to take a whole bunch of time off of NIS, but these freaking tracks that I don't like I'm keep coming up, so I'm never never gonna get a break. The so, season's uh, almost
1: over. You might as well keep running.
0: Hey, yeah, I'm skipping Martinsville. Screw that track. And um <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah, whatever. I can't
4: wait for Martinsville. Oh
1: well,
0: we'll Martins in Martinsville. Possibly my best track is uh this week, so looking forward.
1: Nice, all right. And my final thoughts are I'm looking forward to Charlotte. I have you know, Dover was a good week for me. I'm hoping to continue that streak and uh, get some more top fives. And I'm really looking forward to the drop weeks kicking in to see if I make a considerable jump in the points. I'm a little concerned that. Last year, I finished top 20 overall in the NIS Open. And I'm way off from that right now. But I've been running about the same. But I think it's because the drop weeks haven't kicked in. And I think once that does, I, I should jump up into the points. Because I, I've made every start every week. And some of the people I'm racing for haven't. So uh, we'll have to see how that shakes out. Um, also, our team, Tifosi, is currently recruiting drivers uh we're we are picky as heck though. But if you think what you got what it takes and you're gonna fit in with us, feel free to speak up and uh, hit us up and uh we'll we'll check it out. So um we're always interested in, in taking on new people. So if you're looking for a team and you're into NASCAR, uh the A car, you run the NASCAR iRacing series, you might be a good fit. So And with that, it's over. We'll see ya.
4: See ya. Take
3: care.
0: Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.